0: So we're going to do a little episode about self-taping, and I entitled this How Not to Self-Tape because I want you to know that don't let perfect be the enemy of good in terms of self-tapes. I'm going to give you some really great tips and tangible things that you can do. But before we get into that, I just wanted to share a little story about my journey with self-taping. I have gotten three professional gigs through self tapes which that's not a ton but it's also like that's it's a good amount to be booking gigs 100% from a tape I don't like to do self tapes so I I avoid them when I can so getting 3 big gigs from self tapes is a pretty big deal but I want you to know this because those self tapes which I booked with I would consider I did them quote unquote wrong and we'll talk about that along the way. So, I just wanted to share that because I think a lot of people, especially right now with the whole theater space and film space and just creation in general and the arts, in the performing arts, it's going very digital very quickly because that's all we have. And a lot of people, especially my friends who are strict theater actors, Don't have as much experience doing self tapes. And I wanna give you, first of all, permission to be a little sloppy. I'm giving you permission to do your best and do not let perfection be the enemy of really, really good work. And I also wanna share that, like, I booked those self tapes, or I booked through those self tapes, not because I had a good background, not because my quality of like video was good. I did it because my content was good. So yes, of course, like I'm going to give you all these tips and try your best to create a good video space in your house or wherever you are, your apartment. But just remember that like if you're acting and your quality of content is good, that is king. And that is what is really, really important when doing any sort of audition, but especially a self-tape. So here we go, friends. I'm going to do a quick and dirty episode because I don't think I'm an expert on this, but I know I'm really good at breaking down bigger things. So I wanted to kind of give you a couple different steps to do when you are creating and taping something at home for an audition or for anything, really. So first of all, and this is the big one that I always... Uh, fuck up. So the first thing is having a clean background to film against. So this could be as simple as like a white wall, a painted wall. It really doesn't matter the color as long as it's it's blank in terms of nothing's on it. Fun fact, the two times, the three times I recorded auditions for gigs that I then booked, they were in front of... (laughs) All sorts of shit. I did one in my living room in my old apartment in New York City, and we didn't have any blank wall space because our apartment was so small, so I had to do it like in front of a chair, and the lighting was terrible, so that's one. And then the other... One I did in my parents' home in the Poconos, and I was in a foyer, so the background was like a piano. It was just like not blank. And then the other one I did in my old, old apartment in New York City, and again, no blank wall space and the lighting. Oh my God, talk about terrible. But I did it in front of like a door. So just know that like it's okay if you don't have a blank space, right? But here are some quick t- tips about that. So again, blank space could just be a clean wall. It could be a sheet. So again, if you don't have like easy access to like take stuff off, you can hang up a sheet. I know that a couple of my friends who are fitness instructors will do this to give themselves a background when they're like on the floor doing fitness stuff. So you could use a sheet or you can buy backgrounds online. They're not too expensive um, and they come in different colors. And those, again, are made for taping, right, or doing photo shoots or anything like that. So you can buy those. But tip number one, have a clean background so that you can really pop and shine. Second thing, and this is actually, in my opinion, more important than the background, is your lighting. And you don't have to have a fancy ring light. You don't have to have fancy um, photo shoot lights to have good lighting. Those make it a lot easier. And they also make it so that you can essentially record whenever But if you don't have access to that or you don't have the money or you just don't want to deal with it, lighting can be good just from natural light. So how do you do that? Film yourself in front of a window and a really good like, you know, window that gets a lot of light. You can either film directly in front of the window or you can film um, like, let's say your window is on, you know, your right side. If it's on your right side and you're perpendicular to it. You know, so right angle, like you can be, it can give you like side light. I'm having a hard time explaining this. Long story short, get in front of a window. Natural light is best in the morning, especially if you have a east facing window with that morning sunshine, or if you have a west facing window, maybe in the afternoon, so that you get the most amount of light. And again, another lighting hack is a ring light. Those make it super easy so that you can record anytime. But if you are working with natural light, Try your best to get in front of a window and, again, figure out when the lighting is best in your house and just film during that time. So I think lighting's more important because, again, you want to be able to see your face and see all the things that you're doing because that is acting, friends. It's your voice, your physicality, and your face. And if you can't see those things, then you can't see all that amazing work that you're doing. So that's my second tip is work on your lighting. My third is sound. And I'm a stickler for sound because I do a podcast. For everybody else, essentially, you can just use whatever recorder is on either your phone that you're recording the video on or, you know, if you have a camera. And it should be enough. The biggest thing I tell people, though, is try your best to have a quiet space to record in. So for those in apartments, I feel you because my... My apartment is super duper loud. But try your best to get quiet if you can. And also, in terms of music, make sure you're streaming your music through a separate entity than the one you're recording on. So an example is if you're recording with your iPhone, like the video... Do not also stream your accompaniment to your song through your iPhone because it'll end up being too loud and it'll drown out your voice. So instead, you want to record, like like if you're recording a song, if you have a Bluetooth speaker or if you have anything like that, a Bluetooth speaker, if you are, you know, doing something live with a piano player, that's different, but... You want to make sure that it's the sound from your accompaniment is coming through a separate speaker than the one that you're recording on. So that's my big thing, because if you're singing, otherwise it'll drown you out and it'll sound really shitty. So try your best to stream your music or your accompaniment through something separate. Next thing, what do I wear for a self-tape? Well, I wear pretty much anything I'd wear for an audition with a couple caveats. Uh, make sure it's something comfortable. If you are, we'll talk about like how to film in terms of placement of camera, but depending on if you're filming something for TV, if you're filming and they ask specifically to see like your whole body or whatever, then obviously you have to dress your whole self. A lot of times you can get away with just like they'll see waist up. But that said, make sure you're wearing things that you like that fit well and you know, solid colors work really well because then you don't have to worry about them conflicting with your, like taking away from your performance. But also like I wear um, certain, like I love wearing lace. Lace is one of my favorite textures. So I wear a lot of lace shirts. You can wear um, prints. Just be careful that they're not too loud. And when I say loud, I just mean too distracting. And, you know, you can get away with a lot nowadays. Any small floral print, any polka dots for the most part, just be careful. If it's too polka dotty, it might be a little distracting. Stripes are okay if they're vertical. If they are horizontal, just be careful. Like, look at yourself in the camera and see if it looks okay. I think that it's best to just stay away from them. Black is okay, but on camera, it doesn't really read very well. So I suggest wearing, even if it's like a cool muted gray, I really think color pops, especially if you're in front of a white wall. If you are in front of a wall that is a different color, make sure it's not clashing. This is just like basic, I don't know, art stuff. (laughs) I'm not like an expert, but that's just my couple of tips. Most importantly, make sure it's something that you would wear to an audition. And make sure you're comfortable in it. You can move in it if you have to move and make sure that it doesn't contrast with either your pieces or it doesn't take away from your acting. Because that's the big thing, right? We want you to be on display. And we just want what you're wearing very much like your background and your lighting to enhance you, not take away from you. Make sense? Okay. Last couple of things are mostly tips. So how to film, it really is a, It's going to depend on what you are filming, and also if there are specs for your audition. So if they want like super close into your face, then you're going to make sure that the camera is positioned much closer to you. It is always a good bet to put your camera slightly higher than you so you're looking up a little bit. It's just a more flattering angle. We don't want you looking down at the camera. Um, It's just not a flattering angle for anybody. So slightly above you in terms of camera placement, depending on what they ask for, If they don't ask for a specific angle of you, I suggest waist up is a pretty good way to go. So again, like you can angle the camera so it's far away from you so that they can see waist up. Make sure that if you're moving around, even if you like just are doing a monologue, make sure that your hands and arms are fully in the shot so you can do a couple testers beforehand. A lot of times people will record and they move around more than they expect. And it's not a bad thing to move. but then their arms and stuff aren't fully in the shot and that's not great. So make sure that you can see all your extremities if you are moving a little bit. Make sure your head isn't cut off. So make sure that when you're recording um, and you're placing your camera, make sure that there's a little bit of space above your head because we don't want your head to be cut off part way. Most times I would say waist up is fine. Sometimes for film and TV submissions, they want a tighter shot so they can really see your face. But generally, waist up is a good way to go. In terms of editing, I don't edit my videos a ton. What I will do is I sometimes will add my name and piece to the bottom in like writing and then have it fade away. And then maybe at the end, I'll put my website. But I don't really add a ton. That's just personal preference because I just... I don't want to spend a ton of time editing. You can edit out certain things. I think it's better, especially for auditions, to do one take. And, of course, you can edit fade-ins and fade-outs for the video. And, you know, you can put info, your website, your name, what you're doing. That's always a good way to go. But I don't edit it too much. You can edit it, like, the if you're good with video editors, like iMovie. You can edit the look of it a little bit, like the lighting stuff like that, but I'm not really an expert on that. So I am not going to give advice on that. Two last things I just want to give you, and these aren't necessarily about recording specifically, but it's just three two things that I've learned that have really helped. So first of all, it's the three takes method. So the one problem with, well, it's a problem or it's an advantage with filming video content is that you have You can do as many takes as you want, right? It's just depending on how much time you have. So if you want to do 15 takes because you don't like the way they come out, then great. Do 15 takes. I will say if you're somebody who is a perfectionist and you have a lot of trouble feeling good enough, give yourself a set amount of takes you'll give and then pick amongst those. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself mad. I actually do a three takes method sometimes four. I only let myself record three or four takes, and then I choose from that. And more often than not, one of those takes is more than perfect. And like I said, I have booked multiple things from video submissions, so I can attest in that way. Try your best to limit your takes, especially if you're somebody who feels pressure to be perfect. It'll just help like relieve some of that mindset strain. And also, too, if you have an idea, if you say like, oh, I'm only letting myself take three to five takes, it really helps you focus and be like, OK, these three to five better be kick ass because I got to pick from them. So it gives you like a good pressure to work off of. But yeah, I I give myself only three takes. That's probably not a popular opinion. But again, I I think part of the reason why I love auditioning in person is because It's just like theater. It's like you go out and you do it, and then you can't change it. Same with the audition. You go in, you do it, and that's that. It's done. And so for someone like me who prefers that, it's a relief to give myself a limit in terms of takes. Probably not a popular opinion. Last but not least, so especially during this coronavirus pandemic and, like, you know, we don't know when we'll be able to get back on stage again or even like filming and stuff. I don't, we don't know when it's going to reconvene. I will suggest this if you're working on some video content for yourself, record audition pieces or cuts and slate the pieces, but don't do specific slates for certain theaters. So some theaters will require you to do a specific slate for them and they will require you to make a separate video with like, you know, audition material on it. But a lot of times, and I've actually gotten roles from this, a lot of times you can just send in something that you've already taped ahead of time. And that way, it's like reuse that material so that you're giving you're being more efficient and you're using things that you already have on tape that are good and that fit for different things, right? It's like if you have a recording and you um let's say you do an eight o Annie type recording. You can send that for ADO Annie, but you can also send that in for the same role, a very similar role and Paint Your Wagon. And if you don't have a specific slate and it's for, for two different theaters, it's great because all it is is your name and the piece. Sometimes they'll ask for specific slates and you have options then. You can either record a separate slate and edit it into the video of something that's pre-recorded, or you can just send in a slate video. Probably, again, not popular opinion, but I'm all about making things easy for you and so again have these pieces on tape and already pre-recorded don't do a specific slate just do your name and the piece so that you have them at your at your you know disposal and so then when you see that people are taking auditions and they're doing video submissions and it's a quick turnaround you don't have to just record something really quickly on the fly and have that like nervous like pressure instead you have something already appropriate and you can just like i said you can either Do a separate slate video. Sometimes I don't even ask you to specifically slate anything. So just send in that video. It's totally fine. And again, let's make our lives easier, more efficient. So as I said, friends, I did everything wrong for self-tapes in the past. And I mean, even recently, my last gig in California, I did a self-tape and I, like I said, I recorded it in my parents' foyer and it was like, (laughs) it was... I mean, the recording is fine, but it's just distracting background and all these things, right? So know that it doesn't have to be perfect to book the gig and know that these things are just like helping people focus on you. So if you can't do them all perfectly, if you don't have the perfect lighting, if you don't have the perfect background, I think it's worthwhile to still put yourself out there, to still put something on tape at least for now, and know that you can always re-record something later for the future auditions if you want to do something a little more tight and a little more professional looking. But again, don't let the fear of being not perfect stop you from creating and stop you from putting things on tape and on video because here's the deal, friends. More and more theaters already were looking to do more video submissions. So this virus has just fast forwarded and um, accelerated that move to more digital auditions. So let's get our, our pieces on tape and let's get ourselves prepared so that in the future, regardless of what happens, we have materials ready to go on tape. Okay? Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can find me at The Nourished Actor on Instagram. Feel free to DM me any questions or if you have any inquiries about my coaching services. I do have a few spots available if you're interested in one-on-one coaching with me. I also have a free discovery call for all of my future possible coaching clients. And you can find that on Instagram through my link tree. There's a little button that says work with me, and you can find out more that way. You can also email at the nourished actor, not at, you can email the nourished actor at gmail.com for inquiries about coaching. I'm actually working on a mini course. I'm super excited about it. It's going to be a really cool, low cost way to access some of this coaching information. And I think it's going to really be exciting. That's all I can say about it right now hopefully launching sometime in June. We'll see. But again, um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, The Nourished Doctor Podcast on Facebook. F- please like the page and interact with the content over there. And what else? Oh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And last but not least, if you would please give me a review, I so appreciate it. And it really helps me get this podcast out there to more people. And you know, I currently I do this podcast 100% myself. Even if you're not able to monetarily support my small business and this podcast and my coaching business is a small business, even if you can't support it monetarily, throwing a review for the podcast on iTunes and rating it and sharing it with a friend is a really fantastic way to support my business. I so appreciate you guys for listening and I can't wait to give you more amazing content in the future. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back again next week.